0: So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello, and welcome
1: to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we have the Tara Wyatt-Treslov. Good afternoon to you. Yes, it is afternoon with you, evening with me. Welcome to the it show, It is time. afternoon.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Listen, great to have you on. So tell us, who are you, what do you do, and where are you from?
2: I am Tara. I am currently in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I have two little kiddos, 11 and 9. And I have been an educator for about 20 years, um, as well as running my own business for the last six or seven. Um, And that's really where my fire comes from, is that business. Um, I, I coach women in movement and mindset in order to help them unlock their inner power and strength and potential. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, you, educator, tell us a teacher? Oh,
2: is that mm-hmm. a- yeah, a classroom teacher.
1: Brilliant. Okay. So, but you took a bit of a stage turn left and and you've gone down the, the coaching program for for women really is to talk to us about that. What, how did that come about? Where did that come from?
2: So interesting question, but the coaching, I think has always lived inside of me. I, I struggled, I've spent my whole life trying to shrink my body and shrink my voice. Um, and teaching was just a really comfortable place for me to do that. Um, and then, It just slowly started to go down my own body freedom journey and realize that there's so much more to me than this vessel that I live in. And I have a calling to, to impact other women and, and that's become just a stronger feeling, a stronger, uh, pull than educating.
1: Wow. So tell us, well, what does fire in the belly mean to you then?
2: Mm, I was so drawn to the name Fire in the Belly. I just I absolutely love that because I I really have felt this like burning inside of me to to follow this path and follow this course. And I've been gifted in my adult life to to watch other people follow their fire in their belly and achieve so much and become so happy in their day-to-day life and just living out their passion and living out their dreams and you know powering through that fear and just getting it done and I just love that I love it
1: is that something do you have far in your belly? have you always had it I and mean, where does it sit with you
2: I do I do have it now I'm super passionate about body freedom body image helping women to just move past that and 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 conquer what they want to do and live the life they want to live and stop waiting for the scale to say a certain number before doing what the world needs them to do. So I I do feel like I have that fire in my belly and I feel like I've had it for a long time, but I for sure let my body image issues and my confidence stand in the way of going after it. I, I stayed comfortable for a good many years. Um, almost 40 years. And, and now I I feel like I'm finally letting that fire free. And the difference in me is, is immeasurable. Um, Just listening to my family and friends talk about that is, is really cool because they're so supportive and so excited that I'm finally doing what they kind of thought I should be doing all along.
1: (laughs) Wow. So give us a timescale here. When, when, when did the change come about then? When was the decision to, To really to find your voice and to you know talk about body freedom
2: well give you a little history of my my journey Mm. uh with body freedom um i was i was eight or nine years old um and i was a swimmer an avid swimmer um i lived in a small town in in canada and we That was our freedom. Our freedom was our parents drove us to the pool and let us all free. And we were uh, without limits. The the lifeguards were teenagers, so we could tell them what we needed. and we were fine we were free to just be kids and have all the fun and we did we spent hours and hours in the swimming pool and there was one evening that we were a little late getting out of the pool and the teenage lifeguards were kind of yelling at us to hurry up because they had their own lives to live and i was um we were playing in the shower we had bubbles everywhere bubble hats bubble beards bubble bellies we had bubbles everywhere and we were laughing. I just remember the, the belly laugh. And I remember playing with the bubbles. And at one point I was rubbing bubbles on my belly and I felt the energy change in the room. And I sort of looked around and realized that all of my friends had stopped playing with the bubbles, had stopped giggling, and we all looking in my direction. And then I looked at the bubbles on my belly, and I looked at their bellies, and that's the first time I realized that my my body was different. My body looked different than theirs. My body was bigger. And I sort of remember just turning into the water away from the friends. Their laughter carried on, restarted. They went right back to bubbles and fun and, and giggles and laughter. I rinsed all the bubbles off of me and went into the change room um, and, and cried. And that was the first time that I really knew and really felt like my body was different. And when you're eight or nine years old, different means bad. And so that's kind of the moment where I felt a shift, I felt Like, this is not okay. I don't have the right body to exist in this world. I don't I don't deserve a voice. I don't. You know, I became the the fun friend that was friends with everybody. I was I was just nice. I didn't do anything to stand out. I didn't do anything amazing, but I didn't do anything terrible. Um, And that's that's kind of when I really started. To shrink and try to shrink and and imagine that the right place was for me to shrink, both my voice and my body. So
1: yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say what well, what was the core feeling there? You know, what 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 was it do you think?
2: Um it was partly fear. I was afraid of what being different meant for me. Partly disappointment. I think in my head, I always knew that I was a little bit different, but now everyone else did too. And sadness. There was sadness. I just wanted to be like my friends. And I wasn't
1: You're saying you kind of thought you you know you almost knew that already. Do you mm-hmm. remember when it started to
2: hmm, there were there were moments, and there were glimpses, I think, just being a kid, running around. Uh, my parents put me in ballet when I was little, and I it was, you know, maybe five or six and at five or six, it was okay. It was cute to be chubby. It was cute to be the chubby little dancer in the train track, little cute outfit. Um, but there, there slowly was kind of a shift where it, it it didn't, it wasn't cute anymore. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: What sort of almost that age, isn't it? You know, you become body conscious, You know. Conscious of what's your place in the world as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: That's...
2: And then once you start to believe something, then you find more and more proof to support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What's heavy emotions for a kid.
2: hmm hmm Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And it, it's real and it exists in the world. And being an educator i i watched it happen on the regular
1: when when were you last yourself do you think
2: hmm. i mean i am really coming to understand now who that is and so after having done a a lot of work, I feel many moments now where I am truly myself. That took a lot of work.
1: Mm. Yeah. Do you like yourself? Do you love yourself?
2: I do, I do. And it feels so good to say that because I didn't, I did not for a long time. I mean, since since I was eight or nine years old. And yeah, I do now. I do. I think I'm pretty great.
1: (laughs) Why are you great? Tell me. I
2: am. I am an advocate for other humans. I am. My story can inspire people. My words can inspire people. I am really fun. I am a medium-plus mom, which I think is pretty darn good.
1: What's <laughs> a medium-plus? Medium I don't know.
2: Momming is the hardest job in the world, I think. Well, parenting in general, dadding is also not an easy job. Um, and I I don't know, I've I've heard some experts say, if you get it right 30% of the time, you're doing okay. And... I feel like I'm at least 30% getting it right.
1: <laughs> keep them alive. That's that's good enough. Right? That that's, that's a good start. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I'm doing that, okay? And I, I just I I'm just happy in who I am. Mm. I'm happy with what I bring to the world.
1: Mm. That's beautiful. Beautiful mm-hmm. place to be.
2: It is. It is. Not an easy place to get to, mm. but it's doable for sure.
1: Well what is that? what's the journey involved for you to actually get to where you are today i mean you know i can tell it even in your tone and your energy there's a you know it's it's been a it's been a journey as you say Mm -hmm. you know can you can you give us a bit of a glimpse because you know this is where a lot of people i think will will resonate you know and i really i really sort of thank you for talking about it you know because a lot of people will it will resonate with them
2: yeah for sure um, I mean, after spending so many years uh, working so hard to to be smaller in my body, but also to keep my voice small, um, it was really about the time I had my second baby. Um, I took my husband into the ultrasound room with me, and we already had one healthy baby boy. And I told my husband that if, this was going to be another boy and we were getting that news today uh i was not going to be okay and you know very supportive but he was very confused by that (laughs) fair enough and i said i just said like i don't i don't know how to explain it right now i'll explain it one day but you need to know that i'm not going to be okay and i need you to hold my hand through that and he said okay so of course the ultrasound tech reveals the great news you are having another healthy baby boy and I just burst into tears, like ugly tears, not okay tears on the, on the ultrasound table. And the poor lady looked at me and was like, you heard me say healthy, right? <laughs> and I, then I felt bad. Of course I did. Yes. I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm relieved. This is good news. I'm sorry for the, the ugly tears. But, um, what I came to understand from that moment is that I was terrified to have two active, healthy boys in my life because the mom that I imagined myself to be was not the mom that I could be in the state that I was in. In terms of my body, my mind, my spirit, but mostly I was in the largest body I'd been in in my life and I just broke at the thought of being the sideline mom. I didn't want to be the sideline mom. I wanted to play with my kids. I wanted to climb on the playground with my kids. I want to kick a soccer ball with my kids, throw the ball around. And I just didn't think I could do that in the body that I was in. And I was terrified, terrified. So I did have a second healthy baby boy and about three months after that, I hired myself a personal trainer because I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not being that mom for these babies. And she came into my home. She was a lovely, lovely lady. She looked like me. She acted like me. She was a mom like me. Um, That was super helpful. And I went on a journey and I um, lost a significant amount of weight I ate vegetables and those turned out to be delicious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just moved my body and I worked really hard and I, I lost a, a, a lot of weight. And when I finally hit that number on the scale that I imagined to be the happiness number, absolutely nothing happened. I stood on the scale, the heavens did not open, the angels did not sing, And when I stepped off the scale and looked in the mirror, I still thought, ugh. And that's when I knew that my body was not the problem. All these years of fighting against it, it was not the problem. My heart and my mind needed some work and and my body was okay exactly as it was. And that's kind of when the whole marriage for me of movement and mindset came to be because I had to learn it, that you they can exist without each other, but you're not going to make the changes you really need to make without them both.
1: I hated... You know, your body, how was it serving you even before you did work on it? I mean, because good and bad, it's it's all of service. It might seem twisted, right? But, you know, so why would I choose that? But part of you must have chosen that. Do you believe that?
2: I do. Yeah, I do. I think uh, I I used my body to help me hide. I, I, I kept it at a place where it didn't draw attention, Uh, good or bad. I didn't go so far in either direction. I kept it just in the place where it was kind of a non-entity for anyone.
1: That decision to get the personal trainer, I mean, what was the what was the core feeling then? I mean, what was the you know, if you were to try and summarize your your sort of your main emotion at that time, what would it have been?
2: I still truly believed that if I could be fit, i I didn't really ever have a goal of skinny or spin. Um, just my genetics and i was always athletic and but i thought if i could be fit then i would be happy and if i could be fit i could be the mom that my kids deserved and the wife that my husband deserved and the person that the world deserved
1: so when you hit that target weight were you the- the mom no. the wife
2: no i was still me i was still me and that that was it was a devastating realization and that's when i knew that the work wasn't with my body the work was with my heart my mind
1: what do you think you know, why the separation between the the heart, the body, and the mind?
2: I'm not sure where it came from or why. I would say that the best way that I can explain it is that I really... I've always been... Um, a really deep thinker. Um, I have I have lots of thoughts about lots of things, and I I never let those come out because I I wasn't connected to the body that I was living in. I could write, and and my words often spoke for me through writing, but I couldn't. You know i often got asked why i was so quiet and why don't you contribute and i have lots i just couldn't i couldn't get it to come out because i didn't feel like i had the right thing to let it out of if that makes sense
1: why, why did you i mean you talked about it sort of almost holding back or you know um you know sort of turning down your voice essentially what was the connection with that
2: um a loud voice is going to get noticed and i didn't i didn't want to be noticed so i kept those things inside
1: So how, how did keeping those things inside serve you?
2: Not well at all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a really um, I almost want to say tricky because I've lived so quietly and so small for so long, and and now I am using my voice, and I am getting my story out to the world and I am working with women and, and doing workshops and presenting things. And, you know, the, the feedback is that everyone's really excited that I'm finally doing, I'm finally using it. And, and I think that makes me excited because I always knew it was in there. I just didn't have the courage to let it, let it out. And once I came to terms with this physical vessel that I, that I live in, and I've come to be grateful for it and um, treat it with kindness, respect and gratitude, I all of a sudden, I feel like I, I can do any, I can speak to anyone. I can go anywhere, I can do anything. And it, it feels amazing.
1: part of that work was that to go back to that sort of that young girl it was that part of the work is to is to reconnect to forgive or to apologize you know how was that process
2: yeah for sure that was that was a huge part of the work was um going back and imagining that you have, you know, ten or fifteen minutes with that little girl in the swimming change room, with red cheeks and alligator tears, and you know, trying to wrangle out of a swimsuit. Uh, I just, yeah, I I had to go back and not apologize to her, but just comfort her and let her know that she's okay and that she's going to be okay and help her to understand that the magic really does live inside of her. Everything she is looking for exists inside of her and that it's okay to let it out.
1: Would you, would you summarize it as trauma? Was it trauma, do you think? I mean, is that what sort of got
2: I, I think so. I, yeah, it's, in a sense, I lost someone in that day. Uh, you know, I lost who I thought I might be or who I, and I mean, I was eight or nine. So to really put that into perspective then I couldn't, but but now looking back, you know, the the person I thought I would become or dreamed of, um, it, that I lost that person that day. I think I'm regaining that person but I, but I lost it. So it was, yeah, there was grief and those kinds of things that go along with trauma for sure.
1: Mm. Had you experienced any other grief or trauma in your life at that point or before then?
2: No, not really. No, I, I had a happy, regular old fashioned childhood. Yeah. And, and my parents still you know, they they still hold, almost hold themselves responsible for some of that, and and they are not. You know, I didn't get pressure from them to look a certain way or eat things or be a elite athlete. They they just supported me. They were they were incredible. Um, it, it wasn't their fault. They did what they could.
1: What were you like as a before all this? Well, first of all, what was, what was your earliest memory? Your earliest conscious memory? Um,
2: I don't have a lot. I don't, I don't remember a lot of things, which is interesting. Um, I just remember probably the trampoline is, is the, you know, I remember just being a kid and just being free and, light and laughing and not worrying about who was there or if I screamed too loud or any of that. It was just fun.
1: How often do you get to scream too loud now?
2: Uh not nearly as often. <laughs> No, it's um, it's something that we work on even in my coaching group, as to to bring fun back into our lives, to bring joy and and that uninhibited fun is something that's that's I think missing from some adults' lives, and and I love when we do get the opportunity to do that. Um, I took a class last week where I did some aerial yoga. And I, I certainly fell out of the hammock onto the crash. <laughs> and there was, there was yelling, but it it was so fun. It was so fun. And, uh, just, I, it didn't matter that I fell. It was, I got back up and tried it again and it, it was fun. So it's in there, but again, I had to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. And talk to us, I mean. You know about, I suppose, the, the second boy. You know, to having two boys in your life. Did you get any clarity as to what that was about?
2: Um, like where my fear came from.
1: Yeah, just the sort of the resistance, maybe you know, or the what what sort of triggered that, you know.
2: I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I just, it's, it's really interesting because I mean, little girls also play soccer and play on the playground and do all of those things. And so I just, when I thought about boys, I just thought they're going to be busy. They're going to be climbing on furniture. They're going to be, you know, and, and I just want to be part of who they are. And I wanna I want their memories to have me playing and active and and doing things that bring me joy, which is them. So I don't yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Is, is there anything in there to do with being good enough?
2: Yep, yeah, for sure. There's lots of uh, yeah, that's been something I've I've struggled with and worked on um, a lot in my life. Um, that that idea of yeah, what if I'm not good enough? What if I can't? And that was a huge part of in me starting my business as well, and and taking that coaching route. Um, it, it took a long time, and that fear of not being good enough uh, definitely played into that.
1: Hmm. So that I mean, the the actual so the coaching part, you're saying started to it was about seven years ago, or did I? Hmm. So that, and then is it is is it just really snowballed from there? It's just sort of taken on, and you're really sort of attracting a tribe as you go along.
2: Yeah, that that's it. It's um, it's been such a fun adventure. Um, It started with, you know, I was doing some outdoor boot camp classes just with kind of my friends in my neighborhood and they just the feedback I got from those workout classes and the way that they grew um, it was always that people felt like it was more than a workout. They weren't just coming to work out. They were coming to connect. They were coming to feel seen They were coming to prove that they could. They were taking time for themselves. There was such a, you know, I worked hard to provide modifications for all different levels of of fitness. There was no comparison. There was no diet culture conversation in my classes. And and it just was a safe space for people. And as that grew, I, I really came to understand that movement is great. I'm a huge advocate of movement. I love moving my body, but without that mindset piece, you're, you're, you're just moving for the sake of moving, but moving with the, all the mindset work along with it is where the magic lies.
1: The movement and mindset all in one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is something I do a little bit differently than, than a lot of, you know, trainers or fitness instructors in the world. And I just, from my own journey, know that they, they need to be together. You need to work together. So I, I, a little bit like kind of trick people. I pull them in with the movement piece and they're like, yeah, you work out. And then we start working on the mindset piece and they're like, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) not what I signed
1: up for but then they realize that it works so that I just don't you know sort of give them what they want but actually um uh, was it tell them what they want but give them what they need you know it's the difference right between what we want and what we need <laughs>
2: exactly
1: yeah talk to me about for me sure. saying, why has that been important for you and, and what what part of that sort of serves you or or do you find most critical and important with your clients?
2: I think it's just so um, all-encompassing. It, it can involve everything and it's just working on the brain piece and the thinking piece. So we talk about goal setting is a critical part of our journey. And whether that's a, a work goal, a personal goal, a fitness goal, whatever that looks like, we, we're constantly setting and reevaluating our goals. Um, but then we also work on, you know, conversations around integrity and mindfulness and consistency and body freedom and the language that we use towards ourselves um, and all of that plays a role in how successful we feel or how accomplished we feel or how open we are to really going after what we want in life so i i just think that's where the real work is and i move my body to stay healthy but i i move my body because it it helps clear my mind it helps clear my heart it it's fun I, I find ways that are fun ways to move my body. I don't torture myself with movement. And I find so much clarity when the two come together. So when I think about integrity and keeping my word, I'm, I'm, I and most of my clients are very, very good at keeping their word to others but we're very, very less good at keeping our word to ourselves. And so where does that come into play in your life? And how does that impact your movement? And how does that impact your parenting and your your work and things like that? So it just all fits together.
1: What would you you describe as your, your core values or your soul values now?
2: A big one that keeps coming up for me is fulfillment. I really want to feel fulfilled in what I'm doing in my relationships, in my life. That's a big one that keeps coming up for me now more than ever. But I would also say community, is something I value
1: and love. You say community, what do you mean?
2: I think that a lot of the work that I do and a lot of the work that needs to be done in the world can't be done in isolation. And I don't mean the way the world is kind of isolation. I mean, it it you it can't be done alone, and you need a you need a group of like minded humans to go on the journey with, and and those people may change and come and go, um, but I just think it's so important to have people to cheer you on people to pick you up when you're down, people to give you a strong dose of reality when you need it. I think that that community is so critical to who we are.
1: Mm-hmm. Much of it, how much of it has to come from you and how much of it has to come from your community and your mentors and your people around you?
2: I think ultimately uh, most of it has to come from you. You know, I I talk to women a lot, and we we have this uh, innate need to reassure each other. Um, You know, when someone says, oh, I'm having such a bad hair day. Oh, your hair looks great. You look great. That sweater's great. Um, And we have that need for each other. And we try really hard in my group to acknowledge without... Persuasion is maybe the way to say it. You know, when someone is having a bad hair day, they can have their bad hair day. And then tomorrow will be a good hair day. And me telling you you're beautiful, me telling you you're fit, me telling you you're healthy, it's nice to hear. But I also want to separate from that because I don't want it to have any bearing on your success or failure in what you're doing if if that makes sense so the community is there as a place to feel energy to to be together to share successes and failures but you are responsible for the work
1: but that's quite key for you isn't it to separate you know body freedom and body positivity they're they're two different things for you right
2: they are. They are very different, um, and I I don't mind the body positive term or the movement or or any of that. I just feel like we need more of a sense of freedom than anything else. All the time and money and energy we spend on this container and trying to change it could be so much better used elsewhere and i still have bad body days and good body days but those are not consuming me i have tools to work through the bad body days i have ways to celebrate the good body days Mm -hmm. but i am so much more than my body and we all are my body is the least interesting thing about me and that is true for everyone. So I I dream of a world where a body is a great thing to have. You you kind of need one of those. But I want to see your soul. I want to see your magic. I want to see what lights your belly on fire.
1: What's your superpower? What's really sets you on fire?
2: I think my superpower is connection. I think I have a way of seeing people and understanding people and where they're at in their own journeys and supporting that and accepting it.
1: Would you be quite intuitive?
2: I think so, yes
1: think that's part of your superpower your intuition you're seeing
2: i do yeah for sure and um uh, that can be difficult sometimes because sometimes you see in people what they're not ready to see in themselves yet and sometimes i just want to shake them so they can see all the things i see um but i know enough to know that they have to get there on their own
1: So what what is your coaching style then?
2: I am a cheerleader. I I like to ask questions that make people think. I like to support and guide. Um. Yeah, I I think I i offer um, and allow people to pick and choose what they think is going to work for them Um, i i nudge a little bit in certain directions but but otherwise i i allow people to experience the journey on their own and i'm just there to support and give some resources and and cheer really loud when you get somewhere and do something amazing
1: I think that's quite key. Is is that something that we're missing in the world today? Or what is it? Do you think that we could do differently as a society?
2: Yeah, that's a huge, huge thing. I think we're missing in society. It's almost become, well, it is socially acceptable to put yourself down, make fun of yourself, make fun of how you look, call yourself names. Those things are like, Oh, ha ha. You're so funny. Um, but like you never see someone come into a room and say, "Oh my gosh, my ass looks so good in these jeans," like you know, nobody does that. And if they do, people are like, "What? What? What's going on?" And I, I just think the world could be so different if if we all just celebrated each other and celebrated ourselves and said, "Hey guys, I did this thing today," and everyone could say, "Hooray, you did this thing today," and then go do other cool things. I I think that's hugely missing.
1: How much do you think the ego has to play in all this?
2: A a lot. Um, Because our ego, I think, wants not necessarily for others to fail or to do poorly, but Wants us to do better, wants us to be better, and so that's where I think that initial response to other people's success is like,, mm, well, I could well, you didn't really deserve it, or whatever the response is. I think that comes from our ego, but it yeah, it is just sad,
1: <laughs> yeah, ego is always an interesting one, isn't it? you know, because it's sort of a a collection of our past and our beliefs and our Everything, whatever it may be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. For you, what's what's been the biggest blocker for people when when you first start work, start working with people? What do you find is the biggest blocker? What's the biggest thing they have to to face?
2: I think the biggest initial block for the people I work with is, is their body image. I've, I've worked with people who, who don't, who've never worked out with a group before who don't work out in public because they are so uncomfortable in their own skin. And just to get them in the door, I think is a huge, huge, huge step. And, and I, I love when they come to me because that's, I, you know, I want them those are my people. Um, but once we sort of move through that, not that we ever get through it, but as we move through that, um, I would say the next biggest obstacle is just is self doubt and this belief that, oh, they can do that, but I couldn't do that. And it's really cool to see someone in a fitness class, do something, lift a weight that's heavier than they ever thought they could, or get their feet up on a wall during a plank or something that they just imagined they would never do to watch them do it. And then to watch them leave class walking differently, and then go out in the world and make choices that Change the trajectory of their lives and take risks in business and ask their boss for a raise and ask that cute boy at the coffee shop out. And it's just so cool to see how that one movement impacted the life. Like if if my body can do this, maybe my body can do that, too. And imagine what else my body can do.
1: What do you think your your, voice, your future voice has to say? You know, that voice is sort of slowly coming out. Do, do you have an inkling as to its purpose? It's what its intention is?
2: I want all women to be happy with who they are. I want all women to break free of societal beauty standards. I want all women to live their best life and i i think that sounds a little bit cliche but that is what i want and i want i want to use my voice to help them see that it's possible to give them tools to get there i just want to bust through all of this constant messaging that you need to change to feel better you need more money you need to be skinnier. You need this sweater. You need to drink this beer. You need, I want the world to know that they are exactly as good as they are supposed to be. And it is freaking fantastic.
1: And and much of that has to come from within them. You know, is, is it simply a belief thing or is it, there's something they need to sort of almost go back and, and do some foundational work. They need to to look through their beliefs, their you know their journey, and and really sort of unpick it before. My my question is, can can you just build and and build up the belief, and that in itself is enough momentum, or do you need to go back and do you need to go back and do whatever sort of reconciliation works or child works or whatever? What's what's your belief that's what's necessary?
2: Yeah, I think the work has to be done. I I can. Share my story and help people come to an understanding that they can do it too, that they can get there too. I can motivate and I can inspire, but the work needs to be done. You you have to do the work to get there. I I can rah raw from a stage as, until I'm blue in the face, but at the end of the day, you have to leave that place and be willing to dive in and be willing to dig deep.
1: How do you, how does someone need that momentum? What, what are they latching on to? Because as you say, when they're having their bad day, when they're having a, uh, you know, questioning their own beliefs, morality, intentions, purpose, you know, what, what, What's the changing factor? What's the bit that sort of changes the whole formula, changes the whole perspective on the whole thing, do you think?
2: I think for me, it really came down to understanding my why, which is something we unpack a lot in in the group is when we're goal setting in particular. You know, lots of women come and say, I want to lose, my goal is to lose... 20 pounds or my goal is to fit in a size whatever or and when we really get down to like why why and then why some more and then usually the tears flow that's when we get to the why and when you unpack your why and you uncover your why that becomes your motivator that becomes your get up and go that becomes your reason and I think, as a society, we get stuck at the very basic level of why, and we rarely take the time to really get down deep into the like what will losing twenty pounds do for you? What will getting ten push ups from your toes do for you?
1: Yeah it is a is it a reclamation work? you know, is it a I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about that, that sort of, you know, how do you step past the motivation and actually make it into a transformation? You know, I thought, how do you sort of sense check that it's not as you were saying yourself that the PT, that you, you set your goal and you, you go off down that merry path and then you hit your goal and realize that that was a false prophet. It wasn't what you were actually chasing in the long run you know, uh, can you sense check it or is, is any, is any movement a a positive thing, even if it's maybe not strictly in the right direction straight away?
2: Mm -hmm. I I think any movement is positive in that you can learn, you learn along the path, whatever, whatever the path is that you're on. Um, I don't, I mean, you can sense, check it as you go. And it's tricky though, because we struggle sometimes to be honest with ourselves. And so if we're on a path and we're experiencing movement, we think, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. It's when we come up against the, the wall and the movement kind of slows or stops the progress, but then we, then we sort of have a more honest conversation with ourselves about is, is this, is this really what I want? Am I really going after the right thing or is, or is this more it, you know? So it's a process. And I think that's a little bit of where the community comes in, is being able to have those conversations with the community and be like, I'm stuck. Is it because of this or is it because of this? And having that open dialogue with humans who are on a similar journey.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Do you think, do you find you're able to relate with most people about you know, their feelings and their emotions and what's going on? Do do you you sort of find that that comes of of ease to you, you know, along with your intuition?
2: I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that that my journey with, with body freedom and my body image issues are very common. Very common. And I think that ultimately, we all have a feeling of lack, feeling of not enoughness. And and that's sort of where our connection piece is in terms of emotions and where those come from.
1: What do you deserve?
2: I deserve to live a life that makes me happy, that fulfills me, that brings me joy. I deserve that. I deserve to wake up every morning feeling on top of the world. And when I don't, I deserve strategies and tools to help me get through that.
1: What does being happy look like?
2: I'm not sure if I can explain what it looks like, but I can explain what it feels like. And it's experiencing the moments of regularity, normalcy. And in those moments, having thoughts like, I really love this life. And I'm, I'm really lucky to experience this moment right now. And it's in the moments of just, I, I don't know, almost dullness where nothing exciting is happening. If you feel happiness in those moments, I think you're living a happy life.
1: Yeah. How are you with silence?
2: I'm good with silence. I spent, I spent a long time in my head. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay with silence.
1: And the voice you talk about is, is it, is it just a, a, a sharing, a communicating voice or is it a performing voice or a singing voice or. Is it the actual action of passing communication backwards and forwards? Well, what is it? You know, because I'm just curious that they're so intrinsically linked for you. you know, mm-hmm. your, your voice and, and your body, you know, and as you say, my body, you know, it's, it's in the my possession or my tense, interestingly.
2: Yeah, uh, it's 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 communicating back and forth, for sure, but it is also... Not entirely a performing voice, but it's a. I want to reach as many people as I can with my message. And I am no longer afraid of one on one conversations, small group conversations. very very large group conversations i just want to have the conversation and i want to speak to all the people because i really believe that everyone deserves this why because they're human and the human experience could be so great so great
1: yeah beautiful what does the future hold for you do you know
2: I do not know (laughs) but I am super excited about where I'm at and what I'm doing and I can't wait to find out I I am enjoying being on this podcast and I am enjoying working with my coaching clients in my group and I, I'm just excited about the opportunities that that await. I think there is uh, definitely some some speaking in my future. I think there is some impacting of people in my future. I, I have been an educator for so long. I think I will always be an educator of some kind, whatever that might look like. Um, yeah. And I just think it's it's fun and it's exciting. Whatever it may be.
1: What what level of education were you in? What what age group or subject?
2: I taught all the grades from four through ten. So about eight years to fifteen.
1: That's good going.
2: Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's your guilty pleasure, Tara? Take the guilt out if you, wish. I don't mind.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel bad about it. Uh, <laughs> I would say wine is one of them. I, I love a good glass of wine.
1: Red, white, what's your go-to?
2: Red. Mm. Yeah, I, I had to grow into it, though, I... I started with pink and then
1: was a cold <laughs> white.
2: And now such now a tr- I'm- a, Such a trooper. <laughs> right? I'm a grown up now. <laughs> um, and The Bachelor. I love The Bachelor.
1: How many times?
2: <laughs> like all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. I mean, I, I'm always amazed. Well, not amazed. It's just every time guilty pleasure. Generally, it's wine, chocolate, crisps it's in some <laughs> frequency and order. You know, it's it's a it's there thereabouts. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, and leisure and pleasure for you. What does that look like?
2: Uh, my family camps a lot. We have a a permanent camping spot um, in the mountains that we spend most of our summer at. And I absolutely love going to the mountains. I just, when, even when we just go for the weekend around the campfire around nine o'clock at night, my husband says to me every time, Oh, there it is. Um, and it's my sigh of just, ah, I'm at peace in the mountains. Um, so I, I love that. I, I obviously love to move my body, um, walking working out lifting heavy things is is really fun for me um, and my kids both play ice hockey so we're really busy in the winter and I I love watching them play hockey
1: well full-time job in itself
2: <laughs> it is <laughs> it really is
1: <laughs> is it true because they say girls wreck your head and boys wreck your house is that is that anyway true
2: oh entirely true <laughs> Yes, I I am always in awe of my friends who have girls and how they just can have this ability to sit and color or visit or listen and you know my, mine don't do that they're <laughs> yeah. climbing and jumping and breaking and yeah
1: yeah yeah I have three girls myself but people have uh-huh. warned me it's it's the, it's the emotional <laughs> mental torture down the line is like you you're getting off lightly now you you will pay you'll pay in the long run so. I'm biding yes. my time till they, they get to, to that stage of life, you know, but yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. absolutely. I have a t-shirt that says, uh, mom of boys, less drama, but harder to keep alive.
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
2: you're, you're good for now, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's all you got.
1: What's, what's your promise to yourself? I mean, what's your code of conduct? What are your non-negotiables?
2: Well, (laughs) my non-negotiables are I, authenticity is, is something that has become really important to me. And I, I still find myself in social settings or situations where I do want to say something. And I, the, the ugly voice pipes up and is like, nobody needs to hear what you have to say. Um, so one of my non-negotiables is, is working really hard at shutting up that voice and, and speaking even in social settings um, where my friends live, which should be the safe place. But for me, that's one of the scarier places. Um, so authenticity, just being my my true self at all times with all people is something that's really important to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And tell me, if you were then to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what would they be, Tara?
2: One or two words. I think impact. Is the fire in my belly. It's part of... What made me a great educator. And it's part of why I'm leaving education and moving into more coaching. Mm. Yeah, it's impact. It's
1: powerful. What's the nicest thing somebody could say about you?
2: that I helped them to see their strength inside of them. And I I actually got that message on my I love you because board from my oldest son about two weeks ago. Said, I love you because you help me be the best me that I can be. And there's nothing better than hearing that.
1: That'll forgive him for a lot.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> There's lots to be forgiven.
1: <laughs> okay, that, that'll wipe some of the debt, the, the the forgiving debt off of it. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. What a beautiful yeah. thing for your for your, for your son to say. Yeah. Yeah. star where can where can people find you? Follow you? Track you? Hunt you down? Stalk you? Any of the above? <laughs>
2: I am most present on Instagram and I am transform with Tara on Instagram. I am also transform with Tara on Facebook and my website is
1: www.transformwithterra.com. Is there a final message you'd like to leave with our guests tonight?
2: I think what I would love for The listeners to know and understand is that truly everything that you are looking for that you are searching for that you are trying to become already lives inside of you it is there you are pure magic and the world really needs you to unlock that magic and and make the changes beautiful thanks
1: Ours, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We Thank you for sharing your journey and wish you all the best with lots coming up. So there's no doubt. So you can tell that you're, you're only just getting started in so many ways. So listen, thank you so much. We appreciate you sharing and until the next time, thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, for asking hard questions and for letting me be here today. I really I appreciate, appreciate it.
0: it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And by the way, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.